0: Hello, I'm Randy Brewer from Brewer Angus Farm in Nacogdoches, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. So glad to have you along
1: for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Hurricane Ian has now come and gone. The question is, what kind of damage did it do to those southeast crops, especially the southeast cotton crop, which is very vulnerable at this point in the growing season? We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Timing is everything. You've heard the old saying... Well, we find that timing is important in a lot of what we do, and it's even true for vaccinating calves. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
3: Texas farmers and ranchers tour upper Midwest agricultural operations. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have one of those farmers' perspective on what they saw in the state of Wisconsin on Texas Ag Today
4: the fall is a great time to get out and enjoy Texas agritourism. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Hurricane Ian could cause major damage to the southeast cotton crop. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the crop is very susceptible to Ian's wind and rain.
5: Certainly some issues with open bowl cotton across the Carolinas and southeastern Virginia. Roughly two-thirds to around four-fifths of the cotton bowls are open in the southern Atlantic region. They could be susceptible to gusty winds, heavy rain, causing staining of the lint and also could stretch out some of the cotton bowls damage, and in extreme cases could blow the bowls off the plants.
1: Rippey says there's also a lot of unharvested corn, soybeans, and peanuts in the southeast, but cotton stands to take the most damage. Young farmers from across Texas toured agriculture in the Panhandle recently as part of the Young Farmer and Rancher's Fall Tour. Landon Fremill is president of the Death Smith and Oldham County Farm Bureau. He and his wife, Brianna, helped to plan the tour.
6: We ventured out to Don, Texas, where the top of Texas gin is, and we got to experience a gin that was not in operation. And to be honest with you, that's one of the best times to see a gin because you can actually hear what's going on and actually look around the machines and understand
1: how the machines work. Another tour stop was at West Texas A&M University in Canyon.
6: We did get to see their new meat facility in operation. Got to visit with some of the Collegiate Farm Bureau, the first Collegiate Farm Bureau program in the state of Texas. So we got to visit with those students and what all the stuff they've got going on and
1: have been involved with. Three busloads of young farmers and ranchers from across Texas participated in the tour. Food inflation is skyrocketing on record input costs and supply and demand issues. American Farm Bureau economist Bart Nelson says the latest August USDA numbers show just that.
7: All food prices were about 11, just shy of 11.5% higher than August of 2021.
1: And looking ahead to Thanksgiving, turkey and egg prices impacted by demand and bird flu are rising even faster, with turkey prices hitting record levels.
7: Fresh boneless skinless tom turkey breasts led the way, with prices reaching as high as $6.70 per pound on September 17th. That's 112% higher than the same time in 2021. Now, the combined regional average price for a dozen grade A large eggs delivered to a warehouse was $2.34 on September 17th, 2022. This is 27% higher than the same time in 2021.
1: But Nelson says record input costs mean farmers are not profiting from these higher prices. When it comes to vaccinating calves, timing is everything. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo.
2: What's the best time for vaccinating calves against BRD and other diseases? Well, since the weaning process can be kind of tough on calves, veterinarian Tim Parks recommends getting to them beforehand.
8: It's been well documented that if animals are less stressed, we're going to get a better immune response. So, so many vaccines, we need to get two doses in. Uh, We have to get a priming dose. We need to try to create memory in that animal, immunologic memory, and then we need to get a booster dose. So, as we look at that, Really, in a cow-calf sector, branding age calves, that calf two to four months of age, is a great opportunity to vaccinate. We can create memory, we can create antibodies, and we're seeing a lot of intranasal vaccines like nasal gen 3PMH that are going into calves at that branding age.
2: Dr. Park says the second round can then be given by injection at a later date, but again prior to weaning. Dr. Parks, who is a technical service manager with Merck Animal Health, says he sees preconditioning programs as being linked to marketing.
8: Because there is value, we create an animal that's ready for the challenges they're up against. And as we wean that animal for 45 to 60 days on farm, if everything goes right, we should see weight gain, and it can be anywhere from 90 to 120 pounds as we wean that animal. So now we've created an animal that's ready to move through production cycles, but also we've generated more economic value at the producer level when we make that first move just because we're selling more weight.
2: Dr. Parks also recommends that producers consult with veterinarians on health protocols in order to get the best advice on what's needed for their animals. I interviewed Dr. Parks at the recent Merck Animal Health Beef Media event in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: A group of Texas farmers and ranchers toured agricultural operations in the upper Midwest last week. Tom Nicoletti caught up with one of
3: the ranchers on that tour. Joining me today is East Texas commercial cow, calf, and hay producer John Griffith. He is one of a number of farmers and ranchers from the state, representing the Texas Farm Bureau as part of the organization's Global Agricultural Education Program tour. And, John, you just crossed the Mississippi River from western Wisconsin into eastern Minnesota, but so far you have been touring uh, agricultural operations in Wisconsin. What is the importance of this trip to you and the others?
6: Just to kind of see and gain a different perspective of agriculture across our nation. We've been very impressed with the stops that have been set up for us.
3: Now, Wisconsin is ranked eighth in overall agricultural production in the United States at $11.22 billion annually. From your stops in Wisconsin, John, what are some of the similarities and differences that you could see as compared to uh, here in Texas?
6: Probably a lot of the similarities that the producers in Wisconsin face are supply chain issues. Are a big factor of fuel cost. Input cost, labor is also a big factor that affects each of the producers that we've visited with. We've had the opportunity to see a lot of diverse operations. One of our stops was the Zendel Mink Farms. They're a commercial mink operation. They concentrate a lot on specialty markets, a niche markets, a lot of agritourism. We did see a lot of dairies from various sizes, from very small operations to some quite large operations. Operations. We did pass by one 9,000 head operation.
3: That is East Texas Agricultural Producer John Griffith joining us from Winona, Minnesota. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The fall is a great
1: time for families to get out and enjoy one of Texas' agritourism farms. Gary Joyner has more.
4: Agritourism is the intersection between agriculture and tourism. This fall is a great time to enjoy pumpkins, hay rides, corn mazes, and other activities on Texas farms. The prolonged drought in Texas impacted many of these farms and businesses, just as it did so many other crops and livestock operations. Unfortunately, some agritourism locations may not be open this season because of poor growing conditions. It's the nature of Texas agriculture. Those businesses that are open represent a great way to connect with our state's farmers and ranchers. Ask questions while you're there. Find out about the hay bales you're sitting on or the corn in the mail Learn about the animals on the ranch or the different pumpkin varieties in the field. It's family-friendly, with memories to last a lifetime. Agritourism is a terrific opportunity to see a farm and ranch in action and learn more about agriculture in our state. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
7: There's been an increase in blue quail in part of the state. Which part? I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll tell you coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And we've got a lot of thin cows here in Texas after this summer's drought. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
7: After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery.
2: Visit Texas Farm Bureau insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We have a lot of thin cows here in
1: Texas following the devastation the drought caused on our pastures this summer. Dr. Bob Judd says there are several options to consider in dealing with these thin cows.
9: Justin Sexton indicates at Drovers.com that thin cows in the fall are a real problem as you can expect Decrease pregnancy rates by breeding these thin cows. Also, it's possible some of these cows that are spring bred may lose their calves or give birth to weak calves due to lack of nutrition. Cows still nursing calves are candidates for early weaning, which can improve reproduction and cow condition by eliminating milk production demands. However, to get the benefits of early weaning, these calves need to be weaned at three to five months because any later than that and the benefits will not be appreciated until next year. The next management change to consider is early pregnancy testing as cows are generally not checked for pregnancy when calves are weaned, but this should be considered this year. Cows that are not pregnant need to be culled as soon as possible to save the nutrition that is available for the pregnant cows. Keeping these cows one more year is not economically feasible, as it will be at least 16 months before these cows will actually have a calf ready to sell, assuming she gets bred the day after pregnancy checking, which is unlikely. And when your vet pregnancy checks these cows, get an expected calving date, as if the cow does not get bred in at least 90 days after calving, she is likely not going to be profitable, especially this year. Also, when you have these cows in the chute for pregnancy testing, check their teeth and udders, as those with bad teeth or udders may need to be culled this year. The goal of the cows kept in the herd and not culled should be to get their body condition score up to 5 to 6 out of 9 for calving and rebreeding in the spring. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: There's been an increase in blue quail in part of Texas, Jessica Domel tells us which part in today's wildlife report.
7: Texas quail hunters are likely to have the most success hunting northern bobwhite this fall and winter in South Texas and the northeastern panhandle near the Canadian River. John McLaughlin, Upland Game Bird Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us again today, this time to discuss blue or scaled quail. When it
5: comes to scaled quail, there's really two storylines for Texas this year, the Pecos, which is our far west Texas region, and everywhere else. And I would say another positive that we have this year outside of the Bob Whites in South Texas are blue Quail out in West Texas. We actually saw a threefold increase in the birds observed on our roadside counts, which I don't think is going to mean a three-fold increase in populations, but I think that is an indicator that there is going to be good opportunity for blue Quail if you're willing to head out to the most remote region of our state.
7: Quail hunting season opens statewide October 29th and runs through February 26th. The daily bag limit is 15 birds. In Texas, hunters can bag bobwhite quail, scaled or blue quail, and gambles quail.
5: We actually sit on the very eastern fringe of what would be the national gambles quail population. So most of their populations are over in Arizona, New Mexico. So we just have the small eastern portion of their range along the Rio Grande out there in West Texas. We actually don't do any surveys over there. There are some hunting opportunities along the Rio Grande, but in terms of large population centers, we just don't have those available to us, unfortunately. There are some public hunting opportunities that can be found through our WMAs and through our state parks, but I would just recommend that folks contact the local biologist down there to get more information.
7: That was John McLaughlin from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: The Cattle Futures Market wrapped up a tough week with red ink. While the grain markets took a big jump higher, we'll take a look at all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
7: After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process but my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery.
2: Visit Texas Farm Bureau insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
0: We're giving you the market information you need. On Texas Ag Today. We
1: capped off a week that was not friendly for the cattle market on Friday. We ended up closing lower four out of the five days over the past week. Friday ended in red ink. With October live cattle down 85 cents, 143.27. December down 72 at 147.05. While February live cattle dropped 70 At 150.65. Feeder cattle saw a sharp loss with October feeders dropping 315, closing at 174.17. November feeder cattle down 320 at 174.62. January feeder cattle down 275, 175.67. Cash fed cattle trade wrapped up last week with fully steady sales. Here in the south, we sold cattle at 143. That's unchanged from the previous week. Up north, dress sales were mostly at 228. That's a buck lower than the previous week's average. Boxed beef prices mixed on Friday. Choice down $1.26 at 244.82. Select up 86 cents to 20.64. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Carl Herman operates Caldwell Livestock
6: Commission Company in Caldwell. Carl, how was this Wednesday sale?
10: Had a good sale yesterday, uh, tagged up over 800 head for 122 consigners, 41 buyers on a steady cow and calf market. We had 120 cows and bulls, slaughter cows 40 to 95, slaughter bulls 65 to 105, and stalker cows 640 to 1075. On the calves, on the steers, two three-weight steers 150 to 212, three to four weights 160 to 232. Four to five-weight steers brought 157 to 212, five to six weights 145 to 175, 6 to 7 weight steers, 135 to 155, and the 7 to 8 weights brought 135 to 145. On the heifers, 2 to 3 weights, 125 to 155. 3 to 4 weights, 145 to 190. 4 to 5 weight heifers brought 148 to 182. 5 to 6 weights, 141 to 190. 6 to 7 weights, 131 to 143, and the 7 to 8 weights, 129 to 135. Uh, Overall, had a good day. Uh, uh, We're seeing uh, some uh, uh, caves coming in uh, pretty good. It's kind of getting on the dry side again, Larry, and and uh, we need some more rain uh, to follow up uh uh, everything.
4: <laughs> Tell
6: everybody how to get a hold of you for next week's sale.
10: Yes, sir. My number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. If you're in Giddings and surrounding area, call my friend Max Ebner, 540-8676. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye.
6: Neighbor looks to me like that's it for today's edition of Walking the Pins. We appreciate you listening to us each Monday through Friday on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, and we love doing this so much i'll be darned if we won't be back with you tomorrow until then good day to you
1: thanks larry back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished mixed on friday the nearby october was down 22 cents eighty nine twenty two. december hogs up 50 cents seventy six twenty two. class 3 milk finished lower with october milk down 14 cents twenty one eighty a 100 weight Well, we talked earlier about it being a tough week for the cattle market. It was a tough month for the cotton market. September was not friendly to the trade. In fact, we closed over 27 cents lower for the month of September. A tough, tough month for the cotton market. We had a strong U.S. dollar, a weaker stock market, and bearish exports all pushing cotton prices down during the month. We did manage to close higher on Friday, but not by much. December cotton up 18 points at 85.34. March cotton up 72, 83.45. USDA released their latest quarterly stocks report Friday morning. It was very friendly to the corn and wheat markets. December corn up 8 cents following the report at 6.77.5. March corn up 8. At $6.84 a bushel. December Kansas City wheat up 24 and 3 quarters. half. December Chicago wheat up 25 and a quarter, closing at 921 and a half. In the energy markets, November natural gas dropped 4 cents, 683. November crude oil down $1.56, $79.67 a barrel. The financial markets lower once again Friday afternoon. The Dow was down 285 points at 28,940. The NASDAQ down 61, 10,676. The S&P down 26 points at 3,614. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture.
0: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmburo.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.